Good afternoon. Welcome to the Healthy Indoors Live Show. I'm your host, Bob Krell. I'm the founder and publisher of Healthy Indoors Magazine, and I'm happy you're able to join us here on this fine Thursday in June. Um, Today's show will be kind of two-pronged. We have a provocative title that we would like to uh, discuss with our two uh, guests here today. Um, And uh, then we'll talk a little bit about an upcoming event that is uh, really exciting. We just signed on as one of the sponsors to it. It's Healthy Buildings 2021 America. It's the ISIAC uh, conference. Uh, It's being hosted by Siri in Honolulu, Hawaii, November 9th through 11th uh, this uh, fall. So um, with us today, joining us here for the show, are our two esteemed people from the industry. Um, first, in no particular order, but you know, the first one I'll say, because I've known him longer, uh, is Dr. Richard Shaughnessy. He served as the director of the University of Tulsa's Indoor Air Quality Research Program uh, in, chemical, in the chemical engineering department since 1987. And his studies have focused on particulate research, air cleaner evaluation, indoor chemistry school studies, asthma and housing research, and resolution and remediation of bioaerosol-related problems, and many, many more things. He's, he's really been an industry icon for quite some time. Uh, Richard and I met back, I think, in 1990s, so going, going way back there, and we'll have some banter about that. He also served uh, as – he was a past president of ISIAC, and he is the co-chair of this upcoming Healthy Buildings uh, America event. So uh, also joining us today is John Downey, who is a veteran of more than 45 years in the cleaning and disaster restoration industry. He's the executive director of the Cleaning Industry Research Institute, Siri, And uh, Siri is the host organization of ISIAC's Healthy Buildings 2021 America Conference, which uh, we just mentioned. So yeah, with that, so gentlemen, how are you? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Bob. Great. So what I would like to do is uh, also, uh, you know, welcome and acknowledge our uh, moderator for the show and co-host today, uh, Susan Valenti. Uh, she's the uh, the editor of Healthy Indoors magazine, and uh, she's uh, on board with us uh, to uh, actually probably pose some questions. I, I I know she likes to do that. So um, I guess with I guess let's let's start out with the with the first topic. I mean, you guys saw the title of the show. Um, our, our first uh, our first question here really was: um, Is there really a disconnect in the industry uh, between uh, the research community and the practitioners in the field, the consultants and the people actually performing services? Um, and, you know, and, and I I think perhaps there's no question there. We we know that there is some sort of disconnect, and, and is that, is that something that now is more of a, a concern for us? Or, and you know, and how will we address that? So I guess uh, I'll I'll put that out there to you guys. Are we actually dealing uh, with a situation that needs to be uh, improved? Richard, you want to go first? Or you want me to give it a shot? Go ahead, John. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, first of all, I come from a, a, a little bit different area of the industry, uh, professional cleaning or carpet cleaning and disaster restoration. And I will tell you from the vantage point of that part of the industry, there's not just a disconnect, there's a, a nearly complete lack of awareness 
about the, the amount and type of research that is being done, especially among academic researchers that are relevant to indoor, indoor air, indoor environments, cleaning directly and indirectly. It is, uh, and frankly, me being somebody in the industry for 45 plus years, uh, until a couple years ago, I didn't realize it. I mean, I was shocked to find out there was as much going on in that area as there is. So um, disconnect, I, I kind of describe it as uh, two ships passing in the night. But one thing I really have realized, and it's a big reason why I am involved with Siri, is that uh, there is an interest uh, among the people in the academic community in, in, in working with people who are practitioners, contractors. Uh, not everybody, a lot really are fine not knowing we exist, but there is a critical core of people. Richard, probably the longest, uh, longest serving one of those who you know, understand that what we do is important and uh, what they do can really be helpful to what we do. Interesting point. Richard, do you want to take a run at that one? Yeah, I mean, um, there is a disconnect. There's always been a disconnect, Bob. I mean, um, when ISIAC started 30, about 30 years ago, um, the people that started it, uh, Jan Sundell, Oli Suppinen, John Gurman, uh, Phil Mori. Um, um, for the most part, they were researchers, you know, scientists. Now, Phil Mori, very much an exception to that. But um, they, although the mission has always been for the International Society, which is made up of 40 countries uh, plus uh, members, um, the, uh, the focus is always really, um, uh, you know, in, in between the lines, they say it is to deliver the, the information to the, to the population. Really, it's been more generating research and looking into the scientific aspect. And, um, um, and that's gone on for a long time. As I joined ISIAC, I made uh, deliberate efforts uh, to, to try and bring those two groups together. And um, I can say that with COVID, you know, really it's kind of forced our hand. Um, and by that, I mean, uh, there is an absolute need that researchers connect and and there was information being asked for that they, you know, were talking about applied science that they had to come through with. And so that has changed somewhat the landscape. And, um, and I think in that aspect for the better. So, I mean, do you see that, that, you know, that maybe some sort of a, uh, a paradigm shift or at least a partial paradigm shift during the pandemic over these past, we're looking at like 13, 14 months now. Um, is that something that's going to stick? I mean, do you, do you think that there's going to be more, you know, more of a push toward getting applied research applications that, that actually will be impactful 
uh, in, in the field, you know, for practitioners in, in shorter order, because, I mean, it seemed like there used to be a very long lag between some of the research that occurred and any of it getting distilled down to being actionable out there in the real world. Is it, is, is that something that we're going to experience a little bit more accelerated pace going forward? Well, I believe so, because, you know, as a researcher and scientist, you know, often it's, you follow the money. <laughs> and for better or worse. So therein is why, um, you know, you read part of my bio and why I've been involved with so many different facets because there is funding available in different pockets and it's not plentiful. But uh, with COVID, I think uh, funding is loosened up a bit. And with that, uh, the outcomes. Uh, the goals, uh, what uh, the funding is trying to attain is more applied practice oriented so that researchers are, you know, they're not forced to, but they're, they're doing more work that is directly applicable as opposed to years going forward. I mean, there's certainly a place for both, right? I mean, I, you'll always have the, the, the uh, more focused dedicated research is not really on the applied side, right? That That's still a valuable aspect of what goes on. I mean, that's the precursor in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, that I, hope, hopefully, you know, we do see that because I, I think, you know, being on the practitioner side, I've been there 35 years um, and I had a little, you know, I got to dip my toe in in some research work with EPA on the HVAC hygiene study back in the 90s. So I got to see the other side of the uh, fence, you know, at least uh, for about a year. And it was amazing to me that even in, in that limited study that I was involved with, some of the researchers from RTP, they, they really didn't have a clue at what was happening out in the field. You know, they were, they were laboratory people. And it, it, was, it was fascinating to me that, you know, we'd get out there and in the field and to try to do the pilot study and it'd be like, whoa, <laughs> you had, this isn't the way it should be. I'm like, yeah, but this is the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been fortunate, I guess, to be able to cross that line. I mean, uh, I went with uh, a team of uh, EPA researchers to China back in 1995, and we studied uh, uh, dwellings that were bored into the side of mountains, or cave dwellings, if you will. And uh, uh, so. And and learned a great deal about the indoor environment at that time, and that how it can immediately impact uh, impact health to the detriment. Somebody's dog is barking, but that's okay. You know, th th that's the thing with live broadcasts. I mean, we have that, you know, I mean, we actually don't have that here in the studio because we really, you know, I don't allow my pit bulls to run wild here, but um, so, <laughs> so, so with that, John, um, you know, with Siri, just give us a give us a quick overview of some of the, some of the initiatives that Siri's involved with. You know, as a you know a research organization, or at least uh, you know an organization in the cleaning space. So, um, thank you, Bob. I uh, when you ask a question about the long lag between research and practice, to some extent, Siri's job is to shorten the distance. Uh, I describe Siri as like a connective tissue between research and practice. And I think it's important that there be an organization, maybe there, there will be at some point, 
multiple organizations that will be involved in, in, in doing that. But uh, the, as I, I mentioned when I first commented, I was surprised at, at how receptive, when I first got involved with some of the research scientists, just how receptive they were to um, the people on the practice side, what they do, how they do it. Like your experience, you know, back in the 90s, uh, it's still the same now. I, I, uh, so that's, I think that's a, an important part of it. As far as what Siri does, I mean, we have research scientists who are on both Siri's executive committee, and we also have a science advisory council. Richard is on the science advisory council. I think he's been on since Siri began, which was in 2005 or 2006. So, you know, we, we have that element, but the people we serve primarily are, are practitioners, whether it is uh, contract cleaners, disaster restoration contractors, mold remediation contractors, uh, all of those are, you know, basically in our uh, wheelhouse. Uh, we would like to basically bring the cleaning industry uh, into a position where it is, um, uh, it, it is informed by the science. And I think if we can do that, we will make some pretty large uh, strides forward in terms of outcomes. I mean, you could make that argument that almost every vertical in the indoor environmental industries, you know, the collective industries, and there, there's so many verticals, you know, we could go down the line, you know, point by point chemicals, asbestos, everything. Um, I, I think a, a, there's, in my opinion, I, again, I've been in the industry for a bit since the mid 80s. Um, it, it still does seem like there's there's a pretty big disconnect. I've always felt that way that, you know, go to conf we'd go to the typical conferences we'd attend, and there would always be some academic esque presentations, even at practitioner conferences. Um, and, and there'd always be some fascinating information, but I would never see that ever getting, you know, very often uh, brought out into the mainstream, you know, and so, you know, to that end, obviously, we'll be in a, in a, a little bit later here, we'll be talking about the event that you're both involved with, um, that uh, is hoping to actually uh, bring about a change in that aspect. And, you know, Bob, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, when you bring together, we a few years ago, we did this on behalf of the EPA. We brought together some of the, and on behalf of the Sloan Foundation, some of the top researchers in the country and some of the uh, top practitioners. And it was almost like they were talking two languages. I mean, it really was. And, and it's unfortunate um, that the scientists knew what they were doing. Uh, but the practitioner was looking at it going, well, how does that help me? And the scientists really didn't understand what the practitioners are doing in the field. Um, and this had to do with moisture and uh, uh, bioaerosol uh, related problems. And a lot of the scientists don't, didn't really know a lot about IICRC standards. So that, in a, in a nutshell, tells you, you know, if you don't know the S500 or the S520, or you don't know what practitioners have to follow, how can you serve them? And uh, it, was, it was an eye-opener. It really was. I mean, this is clearly a bi-directional uh, 
issue, right? I mean, it's because the re the research community really does need that feedback from uh, from the the field, right? From the practitioners. I mean, there, there's there's as a researcher, you'd agree, right? There's there's a value in actually getting getting that input to help you help oh, yeah. you decide, especially for applied research, right? I mean, it's critical, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and. And ISIAC, you know, in to its, uh, you know, to uh, to their own um, benefit, I guess, and but also for the for the whole, the entirety, um, you've got to give them credit because they have moved the Journal of Indoor Air. It now, with respect to every article, it has practical implications at the onset of the article. So they're trying to make those strides, but it's a slow process. It really, it really is. I can see that being challenging. So the, Susan. The, the issues related to, to a lot of that research to practice it are things that are really, I think they can be, well, part of it is integra integral to what researchers do. They kind of, you know, in any given research project, it's narrow and deep. Just necessarily, that's the way research is done. Although practical research can be done otherwise. Whereas what we do in the field is <laughs> relatively shallow and, and wide. And so uh, that is, you know, that's, that's going to be a continuing challenge. But what I have noticed is, uh, at least among the researchers that I've uh, dealt with is a very strong desire that the work that they're doing be more relevant. Uh, and the work that they've done in the past has, they thought it was more relevant than it actually was. As, as Richard said at the, that conference uh, in uh, Orlando, uh, there, there was a, that was probably one of the best takeaways from the conference was that there was uh, as there was a disconnect that I think, especially among researchers, they didn't recognize it was that it was there. They didn't. They didn't realize. So it means a, it, it can mean a lot. I mean, there's certain always. always there's, there's there's been dialogue. This this I, I've got to throw this out there because for you know better than a decade now, and I'd say more like two decades. You know the that phrase research to practice and you know various derivations of that have been thrown around there. And yeah, you know, there's, there's been, you know, some purported things to do that and, and nothing, you know, nothing against the events that have happened. I know there's, there's a bunch of, you know, there's a bunch of event centric, uh, you know, uh, conferences and stuff that, you know, in that realm, but has, has there really thus far, I mean, just being honest here, has there really been a great reach across the aisle be between the practitioner and the researchers to date? Or would you would you think that it's still uh, still lacking? I think it's still lacking. But I th I'm not sure that it's. But when I say it's still lacking, I'm not sure that the problem is a lack of desire. Is it is a lack of awareness to some extent? Um, as I said, I don't I don't know that at, at least in my part of the industry how much they know about that about what the other is doing or their world that they record they just they're in parallel universes but that's where a conference like this comes in and as, as i said <laughs> pitching my organization siri 
that, you know, that's what our purpose is. Our purpose is to help build that bridge and make it more than just a conference that, you know, when it's over, there are papers that go out from it, uh, there's proceedings from it, and then on to the next thing and, and, and everything else is forgotten. Uh, I am very determined. And I think Richard knows this and, and Isiac knows this because they accepted our proposal that mm -hmm. uh, that isn't what, you know, that's not, that is the status quo is not acceptable to us. Okay. There's an opportunity here that we really would like to uh, make it, make it a turn, I guess, uh, you know, a, a kind of a bit of a paradigm shift. I mean, it's clearly is, a, you know, there's, there's an opportunity now, and we've mentioned this numerous times on our show over the past year with the pandemic, right? It's, it's acutely focused everybody, uh, people in the industry, but even, you know, end consumers, right? Globally on indoor environmental topics. People are, people are focused on that, you know, partially scared, partially confused, partially angry, you know, a combination of all that. But, but there is, there's a, you know, the attention spans there, but we all have, you know, as humans have a short attention span. So we have, we have to capitalize on this opportunity now. Yes, I agree. Um, hey, John, I'm going to throw out a question. Can we go the, can we just like go back to basics and can you give me a good definition of like what is a researcher in this industry and what is a practitioner? Because I think, um, you know, um, sometimes lack of awareness goes back to the beginning and like we don't know who's playing what role. So um, let's start with researchers for the most part. Uh, researchers come from ac academic institutions. They're doing research uh, that is academically oriented. It's commissioned by government or perhaps um, uh, other um, organizations such as Sloan. And I'm not sure exactly who all of them are there. And, and that is the, that's the group that at least my part of the industry has has missed. You know, I guess that's the best way I can say it. Didn't didn't recognize all that was being done. The other researchers are the are the people who do research for companies that manufacture and sell equipment and systems and uh, you know the, the tools that are used by practitioners. And and there's some great research there, and we never see it because that's being done uh, to, for product development purposes. They don't want to, they aren't, they're just not gonna share a lot of their information uh, with, hard, they aren't gonna share any of their information if they can help it uh, with uh, competitors. They, they just don't see that as a um, worth, uh, as a good investment. And that's the focus that I've had in the past was on trying to get that and I, you know, get that research out there, get them to divulge some of that information. It's just not happened. Uh, practitioners, uh, you know, you know, the, from my world, it's professional carpet cleaning, it's disaster restoration, uh, floods, uh, fires, smoke, uh, it's mold remediation. Um, Siri also, uh, really when it started, it was involved primarily with contract cleaners, commercial cleaners, janitorial companies. Uh, and, and really with you all, you focus on 
you know, uh, lead and asbestos and uh, as well as mold and, and other areas on indoor environments. So uh, that's a very, you know, the, the practitioners are a very diverse uh, world. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, the sectors that, you know, that, that we deal with and, you know, yeah, it's broad. There's, there's just a ton of verticals. Right. Right. So we lost Richard. Uh, and, and again, the joys of live broadcast. Um, so we're, we're working to get him back, uh, back in the discussion here. Um, so l- let's, uh, Susan, are you okay for me pivoting over to the conference? Oh, no, I was about to say, let's do that. It's time to p- pivot to the conference. Um, so so Healthy Buildings uh, 21 America uh, is taking place, as we mentioned earlier, uh, this November 9th through uh, 11th in Honolulu, Hawaii, um, which is fairly exciting. Um, and you've got a deadline coming up that's kind of important right now, John, right? Yes. Call, call for presentations is about to uh, run out, the, uh, the time for that. Next Monday at midnight. The uh, uh, individual abstracts are due. Uh, abstracts can be for oral presentations or poster presentations. And, you know, we know, in fact, we're already getting, uh, actually, our, our response so far has been, has well exceeded our expectations. Uh, but what is important, we suspect, frankly, we don't know because it's still in a, kind of a closed system, we probably could access it, but haven't tried to because we're out here talking to you. Uh, but we suspect that the, the abstracts that have been submitted are primarily uh, research-oriented abstracts, which is ISIAC's world, and that's what they mm-hmm. always do. Um, in order for this conference to be successful, we need to get participation from practitioners, including uh, abstracts, uh, uh, pr- presentations from a uh, practitioner perspective. And that's a, you know, that's why we're, we, we scheduled this show for, for now, uh, should have done it probably sooner, but that's, that's on me. But you and uh, also comment, you and Richard are making the rounds too. Uh, you're going to appear on uh, IQ radio tomorrow. Um, so that so that's right. another show that you'd be discussing more aspects about this, and right. uh, you know not not unlike uh, people on tour for their latest movie, which makes you know it makes sense. You really need I to go it. out there and uh, and really rake the industry because, as as you mentioned, the ISIAC events have a tendency to very readily draw academic people and researchers. Right, no problem there. They're they're going to draw plenty of people, uh, but it's it's a little maybe a little bit more of a pull to get practitioners to go to that type. You know to that type of event, what it's traditionally been, it's been more of an academic event. And this one clearly is being billed as one that's both academic and practitioner. Exactly. And, and, but, and as far as, but the, the form of it is going to be a, a academic conference, which, um, you know, probably 80 to 90% of the academics who attend the conference are also presenting at the conference. In a industry, a practitioner conference, uh, a handful, maybe 5% of the people that attend are also presenting. So uh, so people are used to attending and just to go and watch. And I'm not saying that practitioners shouldn't do that and they'll get a ton of value out of that 
in 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 the um, in the social interactions, the uh, networking, and 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 the back and forth with people coming from a different world, if you will. But what will really make this conference successful is if we also get presentations from practitioners that would be practitioner presentations. And uh, one of the things, and, and honestly, I, 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 feel, I feel responsible that I have not really, I recognized it, but did not focus on it until very recently. And that is that practitioners they don't do research and they may think that, you know, coming to this conference and doing research, well, they don't have any research to do or, you know, are they supposed to throw something together and pretend that they're a research scientist? That in the way, it, you know, that would, that type of research wouldn't work. For one thing, it would be inferior and would be shown to be inferior because they're trying to do what they don't do. But what is really relevant, important, and, and practitioners can do is they can develop presentations based on the research that is done in business every day. And that is troubleshooting, figuring out, encountering mm -hmm. problems, uh, figuring out solutions. And then, so a, a researcher-based uh, uh, presentation would be based on the, you know, basically, you know, you could go look at, at uh, COVID as an example, you know, all sorts of problems developed, if you will, or challenges developed as a result of it. I mean, uh, you know, go or no go in terms of uh, doing the work, you know, uh, PPE, uh, worker safety and things like that. What did, what were you encountered with? How how did, you know, what was the process you followed in order to develop a solution? And then what was the solution that you had? And how did it work out? And honestly, I would love to see some, uh, some practitioner presentations where they talk about uh, not just successes, but maybe failures. We, you know, this is what we ran into. This is, you know, this is the approach that we took. And, and, and it fell short in these ways. And by doing that, I th honestly, I think that would be incredibly valuable to the researchers there who could see that world. You know, that's where I, I think this will be an unusual conference for researchers if we can get more practitioners to participate because hearing things directly from practitioners will in a in a, uh, in a in a way that they are not going to get any other uh, through any other vehicle, it will enable them to understand the world of the practitioner, the world of the contractor. You know, wh wh whichever the particular discipline we're talking, indoor environments and various ways that we clean different aspects of those environments, whether it's air, surfaces, etc. Uh, so that yeah, that's I you can tell I kind of. Get excited about that. Yeah, but, but but rightly so though. You know, I mean, and, and that's the thing. Um, hey Bob, I think that we have a ton of questions in the chat, so I think we should open everything up and. I don't disagree. You know, and like hit John for John all alone with a bunch of questions. So. Okay, yeah. so 
I want you to know, Shaughnessy's in big trouble. He, he uh, we're is. trying to, we're trying to get him back in via telephone, just so you know. Uh, he lost his internet, so we're trying okay. to get him to call back in right now. Yeah, and actually, I, I looked on my phone. I could see what was... I mean, down in Tulsa, it's possible that there's like tornadoes, right? Not to be, make light of that, but, you know, it happens, right? It does. And this yeah. is the time of year where that happens. I know. <laughs> yeah, Richard is a tornado, so... <laughs> oh, that's awful. Oh, it's all right. All right. So we're going to we're going to ask. Uh, so the audience, um, why, why don't we start taking a few questions here? Um, and um, Susan, do you have them, do you have them in any order? I know you're, you're dual mode in here. Um, yeah, let's go with um, Marianne Heyman first. Marianne, uh, you can open up your uh, microphone and your camera if you'd like. And pose the question directly. Great. Can Can you hear me? We can hear you. Yeah, go okay, ahead. Great. I'll see about the camera. I don't know. We'll see if it works. Oh, there, there you go. go. Okay. Um, so I'm very interested in this topic because I've long been a proponent of double ICRC and, of course, the the many iterations of, of Siri. I actually didn't know how to pronounce it. Though. So thank you for, for telling me that. <laughs> uh, and I do agree that the problem is that the researchers and even customers, state officials, don't know what double ICRC is, what Siri is. So the, the difficulty that we find ourselves in constantly is we know the science, we study the science, we follow the research. We get into the real world, we have projects going on, and contractors are hired that are clueless. They're, they've never even heard of your organizations. They're not using any science. Or if they're using what they think is science, it's junk science. So we need to get much better at educating contractors. Um, I, I would like to know how can we do that? I've been doing this job for well over 30 years. And I've been having this conversation not only with contractors, but with consultants as well. We need to educate them. We need to make these connections so that people are doing the right thing. I mean, the fact that contractors don't know what, what S500 or 520 are is shocking to me. But yet that's what we're left with. It's, it surprises me. Marianne, what is your, what is your business? What is it that you do? So uh, I am a state indoor environmental quality official. I see every aspect, and I mean every aspect of indoor environments. Everything from, I mean, mold happens to be a specialty because I also am a former clinical mycologist. I, I deal with Legionella cases, the engineering side of the house. I deal, I get questions from everybody from school facilities directors to municipal uh, facilities directors about these crazy devices that people want to sell. Should we buy these? Do they work? Uh, it, it, it runs the gamut. It runs the gamut. And, you know, we know there are definitely contractors that know what they're doing and that are good. But unfortunately, they're few and far between in many geographic areas. Unfortunately, I, I know you're right. Um, and, and you're right that, you know, very, you know, honestly, what has been uh, 
this is a little bit different than what you're talking about. I don't expect all the contractors to know what who or what Siri is. Um, we're because the, the type of organization there's going to be a particular niche that's going to be interested in what Siri does, and you know we're we're not a we're not going to have massive membership. We just won't. But what is, has disappointed me, and it kind of is related to what you're talking about, is that thus far, since I've been involved with Siri, which is about three years, um, we've had very little interest. There are exceptions, but we've had relatively, I'll, I'll say relatively rather than very, little interest on the part of trainers and educators and in consultants the people that should be wanting to know this information, the people that really do need it because they're the ones who the information ultimately will reach the larger industry through. So for me, that's my first challenge. How do I get, how do I get the, the people that are doing IICRC training courses to get involved in Siri and participate with some of these scientists? Um, how do I get uh, other consultants and, and trainers and indoor air industry in that? And, and actually, there's more people involved in, from that perspective than there are from the IICRC. But it is, I mean, I understand the challenge. And, and really, all we can do and what Siri is doing, and one of the things we're doing is we're trying to develop a program where we can provide really good, useful information that people that do train the frontline people can take, you know, uh, the frontline worker is not going to read a science paper. They just aren't going to do it. And if they read it because they were forced to, they're not going to understand it. But you can take a science paper uh, that has lots of good, useful and verified information, and you can boil it down to the important things that the end user needs, the, the, the uh, frontline worker. And that's really who we're, ultimately Siri feels its mission is only going to be successful if the information that we have finds its way to those frontline workers. It's a process. It's pro I mean, I, I, I won't, I, I wish I could say that I saw an easy way there or that Healthy Buildings is gonna so solve everything, it won't work that way. But it, it is, you know, it's like most things in life. You take two steps forward, you take a step back, and then you move forward some more until you uh, make a difference. I don't, think I'll, I'll, I don't think I'll be alive when the time comes that all of this is solved, if, if it ever is. Uh, but I'm going to do as much as I can, as best as I can uh, while I'm around. Well, one suggestion could be uh, to have your group perhaps partner with IICRC um, and, you know, maybe similar organizations because we have to reach a broader network. We have to. It's just so critical. Um, that, that and the other thing. The other thing that I, of course, I always have to say this is you might think about hiring a health educator. I am not a health educator, by the way, but I work <laughs> with many of them and they've taught me their tricks. So, I mean, we know how to take complicated information and make it understandable to, I'm sorry to say, an eighth grade reading level. This is what we're 
told well, that's, we right right i mean it, it is what it is we don't if we deny it we're just we're you know and if we try and deliver information that's too high it's just it's even if it's delivered it's not going to be heard mm -hmm. to answer so, your so question, we have we have richard back by the way just to let you know on audio yeah. he's in on telephone you're in big trouble shaughnessy yeah yeah well, uh, all right well one last just one last comment it, what you're talking about is, as it relates to partnering with organizations like IICRC, ISIAC is, is another one, uh, and uh, other organizations in, um, that, are, that, go, that are trade associations working directly with, with uh, contractors and frontline workers. That is a big part of what we're trying to accomplish. Sometimes it's easier said than done, but that is exactly what we're working. So, well, Jorge, we have you as the next question. If uh, you would like to uh, get your uh, camera up and un, uh, unmute yourself, I hope hope you hope you pronounce your name Jorge. I didn't mispronounce it. I took a guess at that one. <coughs> we we have your audio. You, you can speak. Uh, is it? Uh, I'm George Mihais. It's George. Is I'm it sorry. My turn. Yes, yeah. sir. Yep. Uh, thank you. Uh, first of all, congratulations for uh, this very relevant and timely uh, event. Uh, I'm French national. I just moved to United States, and since 2005, uh, my partner and uh, friend we have been involved in developing and applying technologies for indoor environment from schools, residences, uh, surgery rooms, and so on. We accumulated about 100 trials. Um, and we partnered with research institution. Uh, if you're familiar with Norway, Sintef is the most uh, relevant research institution in Norway. Uh, so we covered also like disaster uh, restoration, uh, Holocaust Museum in Prague after floods. Uh, also, we have been involved in uh, litigation uh, when a, a construction company and tenant, they, they wanted to understand where the problems are about orders and so on. Uh, all this uh, made me uh, think that probably United States uh, should be, and I move myself, United States uh, might be a, a uh, development platform and market for us. So my, my first question is, if Again, I am very impressed by how genuine the issues you underline here, and we confronted all of them. Uh, inviting <laughs> style sometime and really to deliver for 10 schools in Oslo area or uh, university uh, hospital uh, surgery room in, in Oslo, uh, where the surgeon had problem, headache, and so on. So we had to ident identify what contaminant uh, caused this and in all cases uh, we have been successful but the the issue you uh, raise here like researchers versus practitioners and also standards uh, there are no standards really in this industry but uh, so my first question is uh, if you think we are welcome to give presentation at Hawaii conference 
uh, and whatever other suggestions, uh, I will send you my uh, uh, coordinates. As I said, I'm in uh, Washington, D.C. area. And uh, uh, I'm sure there are more questions and answers in our work. But after over 100 trials on one hand, there's an impact, a need okay. confirmed for the last uh, so 15 years. But how to go from there to serve, uh, like uh, you mentioned, cleaning companies. And uh, uh, we had to solve problems with cleaning companies because uh, surgery room or uh, other cases. So you mentioned carpet cleaning disaster duration. It's so relevant to us. I mean, oh, so, so do, do, do you have a particular? Do you have a particular question? I don't mean to cut you off, but we uh, get first question: How I is for? Uh, are we welcome? Uh, my uh, partners and I to the Hawaii uh, conference, and if yes, I would appreciate your advice. And a second, okay. with whom should I have a first approach contact? Because all this is uh, uh, years of experience. Okay. So, okay, uh, oh, John, I'll let you take that. Okay, so I got the the uh, the first answer to that question is, of course, we want you at the conference. Uh, it sounds like you. you have a very, um, um, to my mind, very interesting and unique perspective on, on these items. And you've come from, did you say Norway or I'm not sure? Yeah, all of and you. we are mainly based in Norway. But, uh, and our project has been in Norway, Sweden and um, Prague, the Holocaust Museum. Uh, we conducted others, but this is a real project. Okay, and, and my thought is, uh, you, you know, you have some specific, now, the, the one thing about it is these types of the presentations, especially if it is in uh, an oral presentation, are relatively short, uh, and, and some of these sound like they may be fairly involved projects. But uh, the, the presentations themselves are, are typically only run about 10 minutes. So you would have to find a way to uh, basically develop an abstract that would be focused. And you, you could submit several abstracts based on different projects. That, I mean, that as, as I'm listening to you, that's what I'm kind of getting is you've got some different and interesting projects. You've worked with some different types of businesses yeah. Uh, and, and you could yeah. you could get generate some pretty interesting. Uh, I, I think you've generated yeah. pretty interesting information. That could John, be uh, we have a machine, uh, several machines up and running in Os in Norway. Okay. Uh, so we can have also a demonstration, remote demonstration. Uh, uh, organization United States might ask, oh, I've already asked, like MIT, to give a demonstration, but because of yeah. COVID, and we could not do it. So uh, yeah. not so, to keep you too long, I would appreciate maybe if I can contact someone. Uh, we can we I'm can reach American. out to you. Yeah, what we can do is we'll we'll, uh, we'll get we have your contact information here, and we'll make sure that the organizers uh, reach out to you via email after the show. Don Weeks, are you are you able to bring your uh, uh, camera on and ask your question? We have you queued up next, and right behind that is Carl Grimes. So get ready to go, Carl. Uh, I I always like to be ahead of Carl. I. <laughs> uh, uh, nothing, nothing else other to say than that. Um, 
I don't. I can't get the video up because you guys are blocking it, but that's fine. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's no big deal. Um, I mean, I've been following the healthy building stuff uh, for 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 a long time. I mean, hello. Um, I actually went to the first healthy buildings uh, back in um, 1991, I think it was. Um, these are great conferences. They really are intended to be, always were intended to be, but never got to be as much about research to practice as they should have been. Uh, and so what I'm looking at, and, and, and it, 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 look, it's just a typical reaction to, to, to many small businesses. Uh, uh, you want to, you know, you want to go where for a conference? You know, I mean, it's in Honolulu, uh, Hawaii. Sure, you're going to be really, uh, you know, top notch uh, right into the middle of, uh, you know, the Hawaii, Waikiki Beach. Um, nothing wrong with that. I plan to be there, by the way, and uh, I hope a lot of people do go. However, I think John and, and Richard, you, you probably know what I'm going to say because you might have heard the chat already. I do think you need to look at, at, at doing something at least partially virtual. Um, that, that will attract many of the uh, smaller contractors, the smaller consultants, uh, practitioners who, who, who aren't really able to do a trip like that. You just can't. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah. it makes some sense to do something a little bit more virtual. So Richard, I'll let you speak. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're doing. Um, uh, Don, you, you might understand. We're trying. This is um, like uh, we're pushing face to face, and there, there's a reason for that. I mean, we've settled back. We've become isolated to some extent, and I don't know about you. I mean, as far back as 1991, the first indoor air conference, you know, in Toronto. Everything I've gained is from not in the sessions, but outside mm -hmm. the sessions. I, talking to researchers in my meeting, uh, other, other top researchers, practitioners, you, you get that exchange going. So that's really what we're focused on. We do have uh, one track being offered during the conference, uh, but it will be um, a condensed track. It'll be one track throughout the conference. So you're not going to be able to take all that in. And in addition, there is a research to practice reception. There are workshops related to research to practice. Uh, the oral presentations and sessions are going to be geared, many of them practice related. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it, it's just so much value to being there face to face. So. Yes, we are trying to serve to a limited extent, but in the grand scheme of things, we want people to come back out of their shell. And I think many people, they're ready for that, uh, to get back out and exchange those ideas because there's been so much that's gone on and uh, it's very difficult to convey it as we're doing right now. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Richard. I, you know, Richard and I have known each other about 30 years. So I, 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 I would say that uh, we served on the, uh, the ISIAC Board of Directors together. So I understand where he's coming from. And, and Richard, I, I appreciate where you're saying person to person, there is a great deal of value on that. There's also a great deal of value of hearing, you know, uh, over the internet, these types of conversations that we're having right now and uh, other types of presentations that are out there. So I, I, I hope that there's a balance. And then in the future that there, there may be a little bit more of a, uh, live streaming and perhaps some recording too of, of sessions so that people can uh, can get the information out there. So thank you sure. for your, your uh, 
Well, you do, Richard. Thank you. And you too, John. Nice to see you. <laughs> Thank you, Don. So next next up, thanks, thanks, Don. Uh, we have Carl Grimes coming up next. Yeah, hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to ask my question. And um, whether I follow or lead with Don Weeks, it's always a pleasure. So, uh, so the point that I want to make is that I think uh, I've been talking to a number of practitioners recently, too, and there's something that's come up that I think it kind of answers the questions that Miriam was talking about and everybody else is here. The difference between researchers and practitioners is a little more complicated than just that. It's also field practitioners. And the way I would describe it is that researchers pretty, if uh, in the context of funding, get to define their tasks, they get to select what they're going to do. Practitioners, uh, uh, particularly of research, pretty much get to choose the research that they want to apply, oftentimes in a company or a corporate or something like that. But a field practitioner is very, very different. The first thing they have, they don't get to select their specific task. First thing they have to do is that where they walk into a situation, whether it's routine carpet cleaning, uh, other cleaning, or um, uh, disaster restoration, water damage, mold assessment, whatever, the first thing they have to do is figure out what is going on. What is there? And that's something that uh, that even uh, the IICRC S520, uh, they tell you what to do, but there's very little out there about how to figure out what to do, how to identify conditions. Then they have to select which research to apply, assuming they'll aware of the research. So I see this conference in a large extent of supplying information to practitioners, uh, but then they have to figure out how to apply it. So and the there is point, a question here though, right, Carl? I mean, yeah, I, I, the, okay. yeah the last point that I wanna make uh, is how is the conference going to create the connection so that it's not one way of research teaching practitioners how do practitioners teach research about the real world? Now there's the question. Okay. And we're, we're facilitating that through, um, and Don, I forgot to mention as well, we have short courses uh, where we're bringing together the short courses focused on research to practice. There'll be exchange there. There's going to be workshops. Carl, as you know, you're going to be involved with. Right. We'll be talking about that. We'll be bringing that together. And the only way is to get people to converse face to face. And that's what the conference is all about. It truly is. So yeah. what you're saying, but it's probably a longer conversation than what we could get into right now. Right. Well, I was gonna, if I could just add also just briefly, and it, I kind of talked about it when, when I made my big pitch for practitioner uh, abstracts, that's really how the researchers, you know, if, if we can get a critical mass of researcher-based abstract, or I'm sorry, uh, practitioner-based uh, abstracts that are focused on the real world. They don't have to be uh, fake research abstracts. They're, they're business, you know, they, we, we don't realize it, but we're doing research every day in our business. Uh, that's, it's called problem solving. 
And uh, so I think that is an important element in how we can make that connection. And that's, that's a great point, John. I hate to say school the researchers, but I'm going to say it anyway. Well, but it's, it's not even so much schooling. It's just it, exposing them to the other side of the coin. Because again, if, if and not to you know point anything, but if you spend your time on the just on the research on a more of a laboratory side of things, you, you don't necessarily understand how things really happen on the planet uh, out in the real world. You know, because things are not built the way they're supposed to. They're not built to spec. They're not. People don't follow instructions. There's failures that you can't possibly anticipate out in the out in the field. So, yeah. yeah. Completely agree. And, so I, and, and John's, um, John's point is very important, Bob. Uh, we encourage, we need uh, the practitioner input. We want those obstructs. We, um, otherwise, scientists are talking to, into a void, and that void is echoed back. Mm -hmm. um, so... Don't be intimidated in any way in putting together a short abstract. This is not difficult. Be a part of the conference on some level. Uh, get this uh, conversation going. That's uh, really what we're striving for. And without the practitioner input, I feel like we I've failed. And we don't want to do that. You know, and, and also we need to remind uh, our viewers, uh, those especially those who are watching it after the broadcast, not in the virtual audience, seeing the live chat here, um, that you can get more information about this upcoming Healthy Buildings 2021 America event, uh, which is, again, taking place in Honolulu, Honolulu, Hawaii, uh, November 9th through 11th. Uh, at, the website is hb2021-america.org. So, um, and you can see that up on your screen. So that's that's the website to get to. And again, the uh, the call for abstracts closes on June seventh, correct? Yes, Monday. Monday, Monday at midnight. Yeah. So you still have you still have the weekend. Um, again, you can go to that website and go to the uh, submissions uh, tab there and uh, get access to uh, your submission process. And it's not that complicated, right? No, it really isn't. I mean, and that's one of the things I, I, I you know, I, I, I think from a practitioner perspective, it can be seem kind of intimidating. And that's why I, I want to emphasize, you know, you, you don't realize how much you have already in terms of information and uh, just focusing on a problem, the, you know, an issue, uh, how you addressed it why you addressed it that way and the result from it. It's as simple as that. And we don't call it a, um, we don't call it a paper for a, uh, uh, you know, a, a science conference, but uh, in, in our normal business, but it works the same way. So, yeah, that, and, and that's really important. I think, you know, to really stress this, that the only way, this communication has works. This communication has to be bi-directional, right? I mean, it clearly can't be just research preaching to practitioners. It really has to be a feedback loop here, right? And that's that's really that's one of the primary things you're, you're seeking to uh, create here with this event, correct, Richard and John? Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. So I'm um, so we're getting toward uh, closing time here. So um, I would like to uh, both give you both an opportunity uh, for some closing thoughts. Um, and I'm not sure exactly who would want to go first, uh, but let's, uh, I'll, I'll put it on Richard since he's on the phone. <laughs> and, 
I might get dropped off at any second. <laughs> I know that's like there's there's no there's no telling when you'll disappear again. So we might as well yeah, let you have your final word. That. That's all good. <laughs> um, I think I think we've said it all. Um, if if we don't have practitioners there, if we don't get that input, it's a failure by my means. Um, uh, Isiac conferences have been going on for a long time. We tried to bridge in the Healthy Buildings Conference. Uh, research to practice. Um, this was done to some extent back in Austin um, so many years ago, but uh, we're really pushing this this year, I would say, is a quantum leap in trying to get ISIAC to come across the line and create that exchange and be a part of it. So we, we want, we need um, you know, we, we absolutely are looking for your participation in every aspect of the conference. John, so pass it to you. I can probably just say it in one word, Hawaii. Think about it. We've all been locked down, um, unhappily so for way too long we 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 there is you know richard's talking about the value of of getting out and and uh, the networking but it's especially so i i've just noticed in a few things as things are starting to open up that i've been involved in there's so much energy now it, it's kind of a pent-up energy uh, of and and just you know i see joy and people. Is this in just in your life or is this this in like just in the general public? I'm just curious. In in the both. Okay. I mean, it, it, well, well, I don't, I, it, if I'll get off on a tangent, a family tangent, we don't want to go there, but it was positive. But, you know, Hawaii obviously is a great place. It's not near, I mean, what a lot of times people worry about the cost. It really isn't. I mean, you can get a, a flight to Hawaii from the Midwest for six or seven hundred dollars uh, uh, round trip. Uh, the the price actually from the East Coast too, John. We we actually did some pricing on that. I, I was shocked because I was like, oh, it's going to be fifteen hundred bucks to fly there. It's like, no, it actually it isn't that much work. You know, more expensive than going to a mainland conference. Right. Yeah. It's really not. Yeah. That, Hotel yeah. prices are pretty low too, to be honest. I was going to say the the other thing, and and this is where you know actually COVID helped us, and that is uh, we were able to negotiate really good pricing on hotels. Uh, the prices for the co conference center are were very reasonable. Um, Hawaii does not have a great reputation for being easy to work with in terms of cost, but because of COVID and their desire to get people back on the island, on the islands, um, uh, once things break, and we were very confident that things are already breaking loose and we're going to be in good shape. So. Uh, I, I really don't think cost is, it, you know, if you look at it, is going to be a, uh, a, a difficulty for most people. And, you know, moreover, right, than cost is what, what your goal for this event is, um, is, is admirable. And I think it only works if we can, you know, if you can get people from both sides of the spectrum there. Right. So it's, it, so it's important. I mean, it's certainly the, the academic representation will be fine at an ISIAC event. There's a, right. there's no doubt. Right. But certainly uh, the practitioner side, 
um, needs to be there. I, I think this is this is an important opportunity to literally actually bridge that gap a little. Um, so uh, we're really excited for it. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons we jumped on board with you guys as one of the sponsors for the event. Um, we definitely think it's uh, it has a ton of merit. Um, I appreciate that. So uh, before we go, I just want to. Uh, go over our standard uh, propaganda here from Healthy Indoors. So obviously uh, the Healthy Indoors live show is part of Healthy Indoors. Um, we are a global digital media company. Um, we do a lot of other things at healthyindoors.com, our homepage and website. You can get to all the back issues of our magazine. And as of uh, next month, we'll actually be eight years in existence, which is pretty cool. So that's on the magazine tab. Um, all the back shows for Healthy Indoors uh, live, as well as our, our new show, which we just debuted uh, just, uh, just a tad ago, right? The uh, Healthy Indoors uh, uh, After Hour show, which is a once a month show. And we also have audio podcasts of everything we're doing. Uh, more importantly, uh, I want to stress to everyone is the opportunity to get on our uh, community. We, are, we have launched a online global community uh, for the world. Uh, that's indoor environmental centric. There's never been anything like this before. So we're super excited about the, this project. It's been in the works for a while and it's come to fruition. Uh, this is a platform that you can actually register to be part of for free. Um, it is, uh, it's much more than just social media. It certainly operates like social media. You can get a look here. Um, so it, you know, it, it may have that look of, uh, a thread on LinkedIn or a thread on uh, Facebook, but it's so much more, uh, there'll be live streamed events there, uh, meetups actually face-to-face, -face, you know, virtual face-to-face, -face, right? We can't actually stick you on the website, but the, the opportunity to network globally with people from your industry, from other communities, um, we're really excited, uh, about, you know, getting people involved with this and taking the opportunity to join it. And it's as simple as clicking on the community tab at healthyindoors.com to uh, reserve your space. Uh, let you know that we are bringing people in uh, in sort of a cohort model. So the idea is that we're uh, we're not just letting you jump in there. So it's not like Facebook where you sign up for Facebook and suddenly you're there with three other billion people on the planet. Uh, we're actually going to bring you in and steward you in and invite you like you're new at the cocktail party. Uh, so you can meet some other people that may be of interest in the community. And we hope as we grow and get larger, we can continue that uh, that mindset. So we're really looking forward to having you all join us there. Uh, so, you know, click on it and you'll be getting getting an opportunity to get in soon. Many of our upcoming events will be streamed there. Quick plug too, uh, just for another ISIAC plug. Uh, ISIAC and the IEQGA, the Indoor Environmental uh, Quality Global Alliance, uh, which Don Weeks happens to be the uh, president of, uh, have uh, gotten together to uh, produce a new show. And it'll be coming out in several weeks and we're uh, co-hosting on that. So looking forward to uh, doing more things uh, like that and more ways to help tie the uh, world together with information. So there, there's, that's all our healthy endorse plugs. Uh, so, for, uh, you know, for both uh, Richard Shaughnessy, again, the director of the IAQ Research Program at the University of Tulsa, and John Downey, who is the executive director of Siri, um, you know, we're really happy you were able to join us today, and uh, we were able to talk a little bit about the need for uh getting practitioners and researchers together and sharing some information and the unique opportunity you have coming up, you know, and uh, just later this year, the uh, Healthy Buildings 2021 America Conference in Honolulu. And again, it's November 9th through 11th. You still have a chance to present there, right? You know, as we've been harping on this, but really got to drive this point home. And I mean, it, 
this is this is an opportunity for you to actually get on stage and share your experience, your knowledge as a practitioner. Um, so submit your abstract. You got till Monday. Get in there. Um, so I guess with that, I'd like to thank everybody. Thank you guys for attending. Uh, we'll see you again the same uh, bat time and channel next Thursday from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern for the Healthy Indoors live show. Again, Richard, John, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we'll thanks see you next week. Thank you.